Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the one God, Amen. Amen. Today, we continue our journey into the fast, and today's reading, as we all know, about the temptation on the mount. Some people like to call it the, the reading of the victory, because on this day, our Lord Jesus Christ, being God in the form of man, he did become victorious over the devil for our sake, so we too can become victorious as well. But if this reading is about the end of Jesus' fast on the mountain for 40 days, right? We all know what happened. He went, he was baptized from John the Baptist, and as we read, the Spirit led him into the wilderness, fasted 40 days, 40 nights, and at the end of the fast, temptation happened. So why are we reading that at the beginning of the fast and not at the end of the fast, right? Any, you know, one will think about it logically. We'll say, okay, this happened at the end of the fast, so why not read it at the end of the fast? Well, the reason is very simple. The church is teaching us that when we are trying to fast, when we are trying to dedicate our lives to God, there will be battle. There will be war from the devil against us. But also the church assures us that there is victory that God can give us over the temptations of the devil. A lot of times when we do something good, when we dedicate our life to God, we think that everything will be smooth in our life. We're going to live, you know, happy ever after, as the media always tries to portray for us. But this is not what the reality of spiritual life is. A victory happens in war. In any battle, there are two parties warring together. One party wins and the other party loses. And the winning party is called victorious. If you want to be victorious, then you're going to go through battles. And these are daily battles that we all go through, whether they're spiritual right, or uh, around us. Right? And we're only focusing on the spiritual battle because we don't deal with anything else. right? So in order for us to be victorious, we're going to fight against the devil. We're going to fight against our desires. And only then, when God gives us that victory, we're going to be called victorious and be with God in, in victory. So what are the areas of the spiritual battle that we're talking about? And these are summarized in temptations today. The first one is fulfilling our physical needs. The second one, trusting God and his promises. The third one, achieving our goal in life of ultimate success. But if Jesus is God, why would the devil tempt him? It doesn't make sense. The devil knows that God is a lot more powerful, so why would he tempt him? Well, two reasons. First, the devil was confused about who this man Jesus is. The devil is very arrogant. He would never think that God, in all his might and all his glory, and all his infinite being, can come down and be a normal human being. Not just a normal human being, but a humble human being that fasts, becomes hungry, becomes thirsty, and becomes weak. The devil doesn't understand that. And of course, the second reason is that through Christ's victory, we can all become victorious as well. So let's look at these three types of battles and try to you know, learn something from them. And maybe that will help us in our continuous fight against the devil in the next few weeks. The first temptation was turn the rocks into food. 
Uh, it sounds logical. Christ is hungry, Christ is God, Christ can do whatever. But why did Christ reject that temptation? Right? Uh, the devil told him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. The simple reason is this advice is coming from the devil. And we get a lot of advice around us today from the wrong sources. A lot of us are shaping their lives based on the social media, on the influencers, and all these things that are around us today, and forgetting that our advice should only come from God and from the Bible and from the church. And when the devil came to offer Christ an easy way to satisfy his needs, Christ refused that. We're, probably all of us are fasting, but the question is, is our fasting also a struggle against our desires and against our needs? St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So even St. Paul, who went through missions, and if you want to know what he went through, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and read what happened to him. Beaten, you know, three, four times, shipwrecked, traveled, prison, everything. But he's still struggling against the desires of the flesh. Are we looking at the fast as a diet? And what are we going to eat today? Or we're we looking at the fast as a spiritual struggle against our desires? And how can I discipline myself? Discipline my desires, discipline my thoughts to the obedience of Christ, as St. Paul told us. This is very important. So the first victory we're looking at is the victory against myself. For me to be victorious over myself, I need to train myself you know, by fasting. You don't have any athlete going to the Olympics or competing without daily exercise. We too, in this next you know, five weeks, we have an opportunity to exercise daily in a spiritual way so we are victorious in the end and we do enjoy the resurrection in that way. So that was the first temptation and that's the first victory we should look for in our coming few weeks. The second one temptation was how to trust in God and his promises. And the devil told Christ, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear, bear you up, lest you dash your foot against stones. Unfortunately, we also tempt God a lot. Over the last year, we've all been subjected to COVID, we've all been subjected to the problems, we all had people who became sick, and unfortunately, some have passed away. And I'm sure a lot of us have prayed for many people to become healthy, but God chose otherwise. So we also look at our prayers as demands from God and expect that our prayers be fulfilled as is. We think that God is basically there to listen to us. Whatever we ask him, he will do it immediately, regardless whether this is for our benefit or not. We don't realize that God is the Pantocrator. He knows all things. 
He loves us so much that sometimes he even allows us to have pain and suffering in our life in order for us to be better people. Somebody was in that situation before. Jacob was stuck. Jacob, uh, the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham, lived with you know, his uncle, Laban, for you know, over 14 years, made a lot of money, and he was ready to leave. But at the same time, he was being chased by Laban, and he knew if he go, went back to his homeland, his brother Esau was going to kill him. So he was expecting to get killed anyway, whether he goes back or whether he moves forward, he's going to get killed. So he was in really deep trouble. And the only thing he knew what to do at that time was to pray. Not just any prayer, a prayer that requires him to struggle with God in person. And because he did that, God rewarded him and told him, and he said, your name shall be no longer called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. So really, the second victory we're talking about is victory with God. And that victory is not going to come except through prayer and through asking God, I will not let you go unless you bless me, as Jacob said. Our prayer is not about God to, to grant us what we want. Our prayer is to get us closer to God. God may choose to grant us our prayer and because if it's good for us, or he may choose to do something else. And we have to have that trust that whatever God is doing in my life is for the best that, I, that that's for me and for people around me. The third temptation was about achieving our goal in life and the ultimate success. The devil figured out that this man Jesus is coming in to preach, so he told him, you know what? I'm gonna cut it for you short. I'm gonna give you everything that you want. I'm gonna give you all the word for you to be under your feet on one condition, that you worship me. And again, the same temptation is offered to us today as well. How many of us are seeking success, are seeking you know, getting a better house, better car, better job, better anything, right? And we would do sometimes whatever it takes to achieve our goal. Sacrifice our time with God, sacrifice our time with family, sacrifice you know, a lot of other things. And sacrifice actually a lot of times our relationship with people because if we don't spend time with them, if we don't have time for people, that's one of the main problems. So how do we know that we really are following what the devil offers? The devil offers two things. Follow my path, I'll guarantee you your success, but you will worship me and you'll be my servant forever. And the other thing is you'll be completely occupied with what you're trying to do that takes over your time, takes over your thoughts, that even when you're sleeping, you're thinking about your desire, you know, what you're trying to achieve, right? It doesn't have to be a bad desire. Right? You know, being successful at work is not a bad thing. Being, you know, having a bigger house is not a bad thing, but it, it becomes, occupies my life and basically evicts God from my heart and keeps that thing occupying my heart, then what becomes a problem. So ask yourself, is what I'm desiring impacting my prayer? Is this the only thing I pray about? Is it impacting my life? Is it impacting me how to obey the commandment? and it's impacting my relationship with others. The third victory that we talk about is victory with others. And St. Paul gives us, actually St. James, and St. Paul gives us really 
a nice message in today's readings. St. James tells us whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. So while I'm pursuing my success, while I'm pursuing my dream, am I breaking commandments or am I keeping all God's commandments and achieving my success by being obedient to God? This is a big challenge for us, especially that today's world views success in a completely different way than the Bible views success. So are you living for yourself to fulfill your desire or are you living for God first, others second, and then you third? Right? This is the order by which we should you know, live. Fulfill God's commandment first, help others second, and then me third. And St. Paul tells us in today's reading, in Romans 15, uh, one to two, and then who are, who are strong ought to hear, are to bear with the failings of the weak and do not please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. How often our relationships were focusing on me, 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 and pleasing me, right? This is the culture of me and I. And it's not the culture of helping the other and serving the other. So in order for us to be victorious this, you know, in this fast as well with others, let us focus on how to help others, how to make others happy over my own happiness. Prefer others over me. And if, I think if we do that, a lot of our problems at home are and at work is gonna be solved. So today we focus on three things my victory over myself, which only comes through fasting. My victory with God comes only through prayer. And my victory with others comes only through charity. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>